City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. So as the listeners uh, may be able to tell, my voice is slightly different tonight. I have COVID. Uh, It's been like day four or day five of having symptoms. Got a little bit of congestion. I'm all good. Uh, But yeah, I've been at home on lockdown. Uh, so that's why you hear a slight, slight deviation in my voice. I kind of like it. I wanted to record an episode tonight to make sure we got it before it went away. Uh, Tim, you went to the Sacramento Kings game tonight um, and asked a couple questions to Steve Clifford and a couple of the players. What was your experience like going to the Kings game uh, and the Warriors game also on Saturday? Um, I would say the Kings game was uh, slightly less exciting than the Warriors game. Yeah. Um yes, I've uh I've learned that uh the players and the coach they're kind of in a better mood and they're more willing to answer questions after a win than a uh, brutal second half meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, the Kings game tonight was was brutal. We were up by 15 points at halftime and I think like down 6 at the end of the third quarter. So the third quarter in particular was really really bad. Um, the Hornets are shorthanded, though. I would say that the start of the season at three and four has still been, without a doubt, like a success. Um, we've been playing pretty well, better than most expected. And like two tough losses against the Knicks and Kings that could have swung either way. And a very big win against the Warriors, the defending champions, uh, in between those two games. Yeah, so I would say we uh, we focus on the Warriors game. Thing was fantastic, and um, we haven't even mentioned we we don't have our entire backcourt. Right, like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. was signed in training camp, and like we like joked about it. We we're just like, I mean, do we even mention this on the podcast? Yeah, like eh, it's really not worth it. And that's a perfect transition to like what we're going to be doing today. So, um, the title of the podcast is going to be basically who's overachieving the most. And we're going to do a draft where we draft the players uh, starting at number one, who we think is overachieving from their expectations the most. You can think of it as like most improved player through these first seven games. Um, and Tim, you want to you want to take the first pick or should we do uh, rock, paper, scissors? Uh, yeah, let's do verbal rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, shoot. paper, scissors. Oh, uh, you win. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, Tim, you All get right, the first I'm... pick in the most improved player draft. Woo, man, I'm riding on cloud nine right now. Uh, PJ Washington. Whoa, okay. That's not who I had number one. I had DSJ number one. Explain your reasoning. 
Um, because it's almost like similar to Steph Curry when he went from, you know, an all-star to an MVP in the safe, smaller level. But I think PJ Washington went from like a good fourth starter to now I'm like, wow, like when LaMelo gets back, I think he could legitimately be our second best player. And like, it's not a disaster. Yeah, he's been very impressive. Um, and we have to say it. I mean, Miles Bridges is not with the team um, due to his off the court issues. And PJ Washington has been stepping up uh, in, you know, in the similar role in the sense that he's been dribbling the ball um, and making like great plays, playmaking like we hadn't seen him do before. So he's been stepping it up a lot. I was going to make that same same point you made, Tim, about like the leap for PJ is harder than the leap for other players. But I had prepared it to do uh, for him in second place, not not for him in first place. I thought you were going to pick Nick Richards over him. I um yeah, I thought about it, but I just think you know PJ. We you know the big joke used to be like, oh PJ, he's never made a good pass in his life, and now it's just like I see him. He, like he's not no longer like a play finisher. He's like a play creator, and like he can actually take people off the dribble. And, like, to varying degrees of success, it's not perfect right now, but just the fact that it's there, um, yeah, it's like, you know, he was up against Draymond Green, and before that would have been, like, an automatic pass last season, and now he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to dribble around, I'm going to see, maybe I'll do a step back three, and, like, he takes, like, threes off the dribble now, and I'm like, wow, that's a really good shot. Yeah, so he had 31 points against the Warriors, led us to that win. And tonight, he kept us afloat with 28 points. And at times, the offense was just, like, completely running through him. One might say, Tim, that he's gone from a fantastic role player uh, to going <laughs> up against Draymond Green. <laughs> yes, for uh, for those who don't know, I um, I kind of offended P.J. Washington on accident. I, I meant it as a compliment but yes, in the post-game press conference, I was like, oh man, you know, like your first game that like, you know, first game of your career. Like, you know, I mean, you just came right in. You were a great role player. And he was pretty much just like did not appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he, we don't know that he didn't appreciate it, but he gave you a very, very brief answer. Uh I, that. Which he might he might just be doing for everybody. He might just want to get out of there. But I, he, I told Tim afterwards, I was like, eh, maybe saying the word role player was not the move. Yes, that was that was certainly that was a rookie mistake on my part, which a guy like PJ Washington, who came in as a great role player, would have not made that mistake. Um, but you know, I'm a little like Dennis Smith Jr. I uh, you know, I'm a little wild out there, make some mistakes, but the highs are very high, the lows are very low. But um, yeah, that's a great transition. I Tim. also kind of, yep. All right, so pick number DSJ. two. You DSJ, got? yeah, yeah, Num- number two. Uh, I'm going with DSJ. I had him number one on my big board, and uh, I I think you should have taken him number one too, Tim, because he basically was almost uh, out of the league. Uh, he was. We picked him up in free agency, as you mentioned. He was preparing to play football this offseason he was like putting on weight uh because he didn't want to play in europe and he was like i'm gonna try to make it in the nfl what he's doing for the hornets is remarkable and i mean i'll just say it you were like higher on dsj 
than I was uh, going into the season. I was like, I was too aware of his, you know, faults with previous teams because he went to NC State. Go back. Uh, I was very, I was very aware of DSJ and just like everything that happened in previously in his career and what he's doing for the Hornets. I mean, he's almost getting triple doubles, like kind of consistently, like uh, last night against or against the Golden State Warriors, he had 13, nine and eight. And then what do you have tonight, Tim? I forget. Um, I think he had 13, six and six and then six steals. Yeah. Which is just unreal. Um. Yeah, six steals. Oh, yeah, 15, 15, seven and eight. I'm pulling it up, the box score. So he's been balling out in his defense, Tim, which was previously something that he was like, I mean, made fun of for his bad defense and his inability to shoot. Those are like the two flaws with Dennis Smith Jr., at least historically. He's proving both of those things to be not true. I mean, he's hitting threes when he wants to, uh, when he wants to shoot, I mean. And he's playing fantastic defense. John Hollinger tweeted out tonight, um, Dennis Smith Jr. might make the all-defense team. And that made me so happy. And I don't even think it's that crazy. So, like, you know, uh, saw the Warriors game on Saturday. And uh, this is, like, a bit of hyperbole. But Draymond Green was, like, the best player in that game, I think even though Steph had like 32, 10 rebounds, six assists, Draymond Green's hands just like, it's 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 so impossible to ignore. Like anytime he went for a steal attempt, you were just like, wow, that was clean. He could have just like done anything. And Dennis Smith Jr. tonight, he had six steals. I feel like he could have had 15. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had like several steals in previous games too. Um, only one game with no steals. He was averaging like two steals a game going into this game. That number's shooting up, Tim. Shooting up to like two and a half. And I mean, steals is not everything. It's just a counting stat. But when you watch him play, uh, you can just tell he's harassing the opposing point guards. And I have to say, Tim, uh, Lamella Ball's coming back. I'm worried about the fit with Dennis Smith Jr. I'm like worried that his minutes are going to go down to like non-existent. <laughs> like I'm excited that Lamelo is going to be back, but I'm also like, uh, can we still see Dennis Smith Jr. play? <laughs> like he's so exciting that I just want him. I want him to keep getting minutes. I hope that uh, Steve Clifford will leave Dennis Smith Jr. at least in like the seventh man role because he's playing so well right now. It's 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 insane. I mean, I did not see this coming at all. I'm at the point where I'm like I'm salivating for the second unit led by Dennis Smith Jr. And uh, Cody Martin. Like, mm. I used to just like, oh, I was so excited for like, you know, anytime LaMelo was off the court, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, this is fine. Terry running point. But now I'm just like, I almost, I'm excited for LaMelo to get off the court once he's <laughs> back healthy. Yeah, which I is like wait. so blasphemous. Uh, I'm sure once LaMelo gets back, we'll get like very excited with LaMelo's play. But Dennis Smith Jr. for me has just been the highlight of this season. And I mean, some people might say it's Nick Richards. Nick Richards has been great. PJ has been great. But for me, it's been watching Dennis Smith Jr. play. I mean, I text you three times a game. DSJ in all caps. And I, I mean, yeah. something cool. <laughs> it's literally true, our, right? Like, you tell them. Yes. I would say, yeah, like our, our texts are pretty much just like DSJ, DSJ. Whoa, Nick Richards. Nick Richards. <laughs> and then 2K? Question mark? <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, you want to play two gay when you get back? <laughs> yeah, it's like going there, and I'm a. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself, even though I'm not even old enough to do this. If we have any fifty year old listeners, you guys will appreciate this. Um, Dennis Pitt Jr. kind of looks like Dennis Johnson from the uh, you know started the uh, Supersonics and then finished off his career with Celtics. Phoenix in between didn't really count. Um, but maybe it's just like the first name, but like Dennis Johnson, uh, you know, I was, I had a very cool uncle and a cool dad and we just watched a bunch of mid 80 Celtics games all the time. And so like, I grew up on that and watching him, like for those who don't know, Dennis Johnson was like the best defensive guard other than like Sidney Moncrief and Michael Jordan of like the first 40 years of the NBA and watching it, I'm just like, oh, and he had like a killer 17-foot shot and was just a menace on defense and like could blow by anyone with his first step. And I watched Dennis Smith, and I'm just like, wow, what can't you do? Yeah, uh, a little teaser here. Next episode later this week, we're going to have a Dennis Smith Jr. specialist on the podcast uh, to talk more to talk more about Dennis Smith Jr.'s growth. Like, is this is this crazy? That they were this high on him. I thought, like, I thought I had to, like, you know, dampen my expectations through like three games. I was like, all right, it's going to fall back to earth. But he's pretty much done it in every game except the Magic. The Magic, he was not very good in. But every game other than that, I think he's been fantastic. And it's like, I don't know, the Knicks, the Knicks situation and the Mavs situation, this was obviously pre Luka with the Mavs, right? Like, it just didn't fit. The team, the team sucked. Um, those were terrible teams. I, I kind of believe in it, man. I believe, I believe in him as a solid backup point guard. Honestly, honestly, I mean, he's playing well enough that I'm like, take the starting job, but that's, that's Lamelo's. So uh, he'll be coming <laughs> off the bench and, uh, you know, I, I think he can thrive in that role. I hope I'll be getting like 20 minutes <laughs> a game. Still. That would be a great 180 where like we're super high on Clifford right now and like man he's making all the right calls and then Lamelo just gets 13 minutes a game <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> ah. and even then I'm like well I mean Dennis Smith I mean he's still averaging one and a half steals a game we're being blasphemous we're being blasphemous yeah uh I'm not, me and I'm not don't really mean that it's just it's just like or at least I don't mean that it's just like I I'd love watching him play uh but I, I am worried. About, I mean, we talked about this. I am worried about the fit um, with Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier because he's not going to be able to play make quite as much as he is right now. And he is a hesitant three point shooter. He makes it at a decent clip, at least right now. But he's uh, very hesitant to shoot when he gets the ball at the three point line. I think he's hesitant because he's a bad three point shooter. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's making shots right now, but. But I think that's the part of the game that you can kind of expect to go back to so relatively normal. Yeah, like relatively normal for most players is like, okay, 33%. I mean, he could very easily, like in February, just shoot like 28% from three. But everything else that he does, his on-ball defense is... I mean, we joked about it last episode. I can't remember like the entire Borrego era ever saying like wow the defense is captivating but now it actually is like i mean he i'm not saying he's gary payton the second but doesn't seem that far off he might be gary payton the third is that what you're saying 
wait, no, is it is Gary Payton the third? I, I I don't know. No, I, okay, I'm saying I was saying like he might not be the glove, but he oh, might be, he oh, might be the oh, uh, oh. younger version. But I might might have uh, messed that up. Let's pretend like I meant that he's the next Gary Payton, the next the third Gary Payton. Oh yes, that that joke went totally over my head. I'm sorry for not selling that. Nah, it's all it's all good, man. Let's uh let's move on from GSJ to uh, the third pick in the draft. Tim, who you got? I mean, I think there's a very clear third choice here. Uh, Nick Richards. Yep, had him third on my big board as well. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and uh, gush about Nick Richards' play so far, Tim. Um, yeah, I think that you know I went from really lamenting the fact that essentially the Hornets sold the 13th pick in the draft to save like one and a half million dollars. And I was like, Oh, what a terrible move. Like, you know, just lamenting it, lamenting it. But uh, now I'm just like, wow, I think Mitch Kupchak might actually know more about basketball than I do. And uh, And he's so good with second round picks, huh? (laughs) <laughs> he is yes yes my my theory is that mitch kopchak should just get rid of our first round pick this year and just trade it back to like the 42nd pick <laughs> it's like man he will have a higher success rate with that um nick richards just has he has baby hands i mean they're just they're so soft so willing to just like accept any pass and He's lost a little bit of weight, and his defense is fantastic. He gave Sabonis fits tonight. Sabonis like doing all these head fakes, and Nick Richards was just like, "Dude, you suck." He's like, "I went up against like Luke Garza in college." He's like, <laughs> "These head fakes mean nothing to me." And, yeah, he's uh, averaging yeah. he's averaging like twelve and a half uh, points and seven and a half rebounds. That's through six games, not updated yet from tonight's game. But uh, he's been balling out, man. And and on offense, he is a proficient offensive rebounder. He's just kind of a big man that we have not had. He's just a problem for the other team. He he does have his deficiencies, though, in like defense, in like a pick and roll, trying to guard a three-point shooter. That's definitely an issue. But that's like, that's a small thing compared to what he does. And considering our expectations for him, I mean, let's just let's just put it all out there. We thought Nick Richards was never going to get more than 10 minutes a game consistently. And he's clearly proven that he's not only that, but maybe a better center than Mason Plumley at this point. I don't even think maybe. Yeah. I think he's just, you know, like Mason Plumley is really good on like elbow passes. And other than that, like maybe he shoots a left-handed free throw better, I guess. <laughs> but also I watched him airball like three of them tonight in pregame. So I wouldn't even go that far. I think I think Nick Richards is like straight up just like a very above not not above average. Like he's the seventeenth best center in the NBA. Seventeen. Like ah, yeah, twenty sec. Twenty seconds is a little bit more accurate. I, I yeah, agree with you. he's I agree with you. in the Isaiah Hartenstein range. Yeah, the the way he's able like like if Mason Plumley gets the ball in like a relatively crowded paint. He's passing back out. Nick Richards has the opposite mindset of I'm getting a bucket right here. And I just love to see it. I don't think we've had a center like that uh, in a long time. Al Jefferson, um, who's actually going to score the ball when they get the ball in the paint. Um, 
yeah, I think I agree with you that Mason Plumlee is like a better passer, but it doesn't seem to really matter. I think the only problem for him is going to be like defensively when he gets pick and roll on the perimeter and he, he doesn't really know what to do there yet. Like at all, like Jordan Poole absolutely cooked him the other night, but that's a small problem. Like, like I said, like for what he's contributing offensively and defensively, I don't think it really, I don't think it really matters. We're just happy with what we're seeing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, we're going to play Memphis later this week and it's, it's kind of rough to be like, dude, you were the 52nd pick in the draft. You can't draft or you can't guard John ja Morant. What are you doing? <laughs> I think he was like 39th or something, but I like that you round it up. No, I'm, I think I think Vernon Carey was or Vernon Carey was 32nd. And he was like Richards and he was, was later in the 30s. Then then uh, Griller was in the 50s. You remember oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Yep. All good. Well, I mean, okay. So fourth pick of the draft, Grant Riller. Um, I love what I've seen from him. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, fourth, fourth. Oh, that's what you meant. Fourth pick in the in the draft over <laughs> TV players. Yeah, I wonder. Yes. I wonder what Grant Riller is up to right now. I'll take the I'll take the fourth pick off your hands, Tim. <laughs> say, do you think Grant Riller's trying out for the NFL? Because he's definitely in Europe otherwise. <laughs> ruthless, ruthless takes, Tim. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, fourth overall. Ooh. So you disagree. You would have had uh you would have had Kelly. I'm not gonna say who my pick was. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess we gotta keep the secrecy of the draft going. We're not friends or anything. Um so yeah, Jalen <laughs> McDaniels tonight. I thought he played very, very well um against the Kings. Offensively, he's just been knocking down threes, right? Like I mean, I guess I could fact check this one for two, four for four, one for three, three for three, oh, for two, two for five. And then tonight he was three for four. So those are all very good, except that for that one for game, um, having the spacing for a player who's like six, nine, able to knock down threes and do a little bit of scoring on his own. I've been very impressed so far. And he's another player who I like want to see continue to get minutes. Talk about, talk about second rounder panning out Jalen McDaniels, uh, 27 minutes tonight, 13 points. Doesn't do a whole lot more other than score and play defense, but uh, he's good at those two things. And that's all we really need from him as like our eighth or ninth best player. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, again, this is without being set up from LaMelo or Terry not the greatest setup guy or uh Cody Martin, but yeah, it's like, he's the point where he's still slightly inconsistent, but like last year and like his, you know, two years prior, he was throwing shots up off like the back rim and the backboard all the time. And now like his jumper actually like seemed pretty smooth, somewhat consistent. Um, so he's not going to shoot 50% for the entire year, but I mean, I don't think that, 40% on open looks is inconceivable. And yeah, like I, think, has... I think you have to think of him as like a small forward, right? Like not even not even like a power forward because he doesn't really – maybe he can guard fours, but on offense he's more of just like a stand in the corner, wait for the ball, and uh, either shoot it or drive to the rim and do that somewhat effectively, I'd say, through these, through these uh, seven games. 
yeah, he has the, uh, like, we kind of had the hope in our minds uh, two years ago. We're like, oh, he could be like a small ball five on, like, you know, bench units. But it's like, no, he's just a three. But, like, he's a very good backup small forward. And I think that's fine. Again, he's a second-round pick. I think it's, like, very positive. Like, what he has done now, I would say, is, like, close to, like, his best-case scenario. Absolutely. I also got to say that his brother in Minnesota gets, like, a lot of love, right? Like, he's like, oh, when Jaden when they play lineups with Jaden McDaniels, the Timberwolves are so much better. Or at least that was the case last year. Like, I don't see much differences between their play. Is that is that wild? I think Jalen is, like, just as good as his brother. Well, no, dude, like, you know, it's tough because he plays with the 12th best player in the league in uh, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's it's tough. He has to give up possessions to him. No, I, mean, I, I think that's fair. I can't I can't say that I'm a I'm an expert on Jaden McDaniels game, but um, I'm assuming he's good. But yeah, like Jaden McDaniels, I mean, he's just so lanky. He like projects as like, I don't know, I mean. Could he not be like the next generation Robert Covington? No, I think he could. Yeah. And like you said, his length, like it's just kind of jarring to have him out there, like along with like, let's say Nick Richards and PJ Washington. You're like, dang, this is a massive lineup. But also offensively, PJ and Jalen or Jalen McDaniels, I was about to call him Jaden. Jalen McDaniels can like play like threes and fours, both of them. You know what I mean? So it's not an issue. It's just like, just a good thing. They're both very good at defense. So um, I love what I've seen so, from him so far. It's some yeah, one of these people like Nick Richards, Jalen McDaniels, DSJ is going to get not that many minutes once the good, you know, the starters come back in LaMelo Terry and Cody Martin, who just signed a new deal. One of them is going to get kind of thrown to the wayside. It'll be interesting to see who that is and how upset we are about it. Yeah, I think um uh the the Nuggets coach. Um I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm blanking too. I got a Google coming. Say say the quote first. Um yeah, but I was gonna say like he he does like hockey lineups. So he'll do like, you know, we'll take Jokic, Murray, Porter, they take them all out. He just runs like five man units. I'm kind of really intrigued by the idea of like once everyone is healthy. I would almost, I wouldn't be upset with like a DSJ, Cody Martin, McDaniels, Nick Richards, and like PJ lineup. No, I wouldn't be upset with it at all. It's, I mean, that lineup probably has like done well over these seven games. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm almost just like, well, maybe just, you know, let Terry rest a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, we're gushing about this team. Like, when when I thought about the Kings roster tonight, I was like, wow, they have so much more talent than us. Like, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, those were the two best players. No, no. You don't think so? Malik Monk. (laughs) 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 I didn't know where you were going there. I like it. (laughs) All right, Malik Monk, top three as well. Uh, Three most talented players on the court. And then... uh, the Hornets were like just like seemingly outmatched, but at least through the first half and in the fourth quarter, we held our own. Um, and it's exciting, man. Like once we get Lamelo and Terry back and Cody Martin, this team is pretty deep, which we did not see coming. 
you know, like just I guess like my Hornet fan in me is just thinking about Lamelo, Terry, Cody. They're gonna come back the first game. We're gonna lose by twenty, but it's gonna be like, oh man, like you know, just getting our guys ready, and we're gonna like three and twenty five. <laughs> After hyping them all up. Like, I don't actually think that's going to happen, but, like, the Hornets fan in me is like, God doesn't want us to have a good time. Who we got fifth? The NFL's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. Recently, uh, us at Hornets and Heartbreak have not been releasing episodes too frequently, but I've still been listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network. And what have I been using to listen to it? The Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips and perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally am a big fan of the earbud tap functions where you can just tap once to pause or play, tap twice to skip or to go to the next song, and three times to raise the audio volume. Also, their noise isolation is excellent. If you're ever in a noisy area, you will not hear that noise when you're listening with Raycon earbuds. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Um, if I have to draft out of five, um, could I just take Nick Richards again? No, dude. Do you want me to take five and six? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I didn't think there was a clear five. Like, I feel like I I know I'm forgetting someone. Kelly Oubre. Oh, I thought I already took Kelly. My bad. Oh, yeah, that's... yeah Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Oubre. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Kelly, Kelly was the five. Um, and yeah, I think that uh. I think his mid-range shot is honestly every time he takes it, I'm excited. Yeah, so you uh you asked him in a press conference, Tim. Um, you asked him basically like the, he's been playing more of an inside-out kind of game this year, and he gave a pretty insightful response. You can find the response on our Instagram at Hornets Podcast. He was like, you know, last year I just feel like I was shooting too many threes, which me and you have both said on the podcast like 17 times, right? That Kelly just jacks up threes. And he was like, now I'm like actually getting into a flow and just like playing more normal basketball where you also, you know, drive to the paint. You also shoot in the mid range and his mid range shot has been great so far. Yeah. I'm at the point where like every time he like takes a contested mid range, I'm like, you should do that again. 
<laughs> like yeah. 100% where like you know last season <clears throat> other than like outside of like eight games I was like please never shoot a jump shot Kelly right but, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah he started the season hot last year too right um but I think this year it could be different because he's actually playing like a very different style it's not just like hot shooting versus cold shooting he's like you know he's empowered a little bit by by Steve Clifford it seems and he even said that he thanked you know coach Clifford he was like I'm lucky to have a great coach and uh this year um and he he's just empowered a little bit to do more which I think is great it's good good for Kelly Oubre I'm happy for him um and he's playing a lot better he's putting up better numbers than at least he was at, at the end of last year I I gotta say this though Tim it was pretty funny because you had that interview with him on uh Saturday and you were like complimenting him on his inside out game. And then today, his first three shots, he was like, all right, I got to try to score from everywhere. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to try try a mid-range shot. Didn't make it. Missed a three and then missed a dunk. So I was like, yep, three-level scorer, Kelly Oubre Jr. Tim, Tim really <laughs> gassed him up into that. <laughs> yeah, I will I will take responsibility for us losing this game. That's fine <laughs> with me. Um, also, like, I think I'm going to be the first person to ever compare Kelly Oubre to James Harden. But um, James Harden this year, it, it's mainly because he can't go to the rim anymore. James Harden is washed, and his first step is gone. But he's now shooting about 22% of his shots in the mid-range. And um, I think he's really just stealing from Kelly Oubre. <laughs> I love that. All right, do you want me to take the sixth pick? Yeah, I, I, please. <laughs> is it Mason Plumley? Who am I forgetting? It's Gordon Hayward. Oof. You don't think so? I, I think he's been – okay, so, like, tonight was a rough look from him because he only had 12 points. But in, in like, spurts, I think he's kept us – you know, kept the team afloat, um, like, and been a veteran presence on the team when, you know, when he needs to score, he kind of he kind of does that. Um, And he's shooting the ball relatively well. He's shooting – an F effective field goal percentage of 56 and a half percent and 36% from three. Like you'd like to see probably a little bit more from him, but through six games, he was averaging 20 points per game, which is a lot more than last year, 16 points per game. And I mean, if he kept that rate up, it would be as highest since his Utah season. So I, I think you can't really deny that he's overperforming at the moment. Also, I mean, he's just played every game. Right, he's played all seven games, so that's good for Gordon Hayward. When he's out there, I mean, he's a valuable piece for the Hornets. Mark, I'm going to counter you with this. Okay, I think we've had this exact same conversation three seasons in a row, verbatim. <laughs> you know, man, he's a steady force. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not perfect, but he's played the first seven games. Yeah, so I, I mean, we, I, 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 I see your counter, Tim, but has he not done well through seven games? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Yes. I mean, he's been, he's been good. I was thinking about it, um, you know, because I find it harder to actually, like, you know, track stats, like when I'm at the game. I was like, oh, like, you know, oh, maybe he has, like, you know, X, and then you look up the scoreboard, you're like, oh, he's got 22. I think that I could be at a game and Gordon Hayward could score 115 points. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, what does he got, like 22? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
he does it. He just does it in little spurts. Like, I mean, we've called him glue guy Gordy on the podcast before. I'll bring that back. Forgot about that. He's glue guy Gordy. I mean, uh, that's what he is. He holds holds the team together. I think without him, you know, he's just kind of a safety valve for the team. Like offense is sputtering. Gordon's going to go get us a couple of buckets. I, I do believe in that. Um, and I think that, you know, if he stays healthy, big if, he's a very good player. Uh, and he's still he's still playing well at 31. Yeah, I think that's actually – I think that's very fair because yeah. he did have a very rough end to the season. And, yeah, it's like Gordy just will get you 18-5-5. Exactly. Yeah, it, he, might be, he might be the most consistent player on the team. Can I uh, – can I, can I make a confession? Sure. During this podcast, when you were, when you were talking about Dennis Smith Jr., I picked him up in our fantasy league. No, you didn't. I swear to God, I dropped my riches <laughs> for him. That's hilarious. All right, so me and Tim played fantasy basketball in this dynasty league. The fact the fact that you picked Dennis Smith Jr. up definitely is pretty bold. I love it. Um, me and Tim faced off this past week, and we do categories. Oh, I won yeah. six to five by one one hundredth of a percentage point in field goal percentage. I my team shot like. 45.7% from the field and his team shot 45.6 and I won the the matchup 6 to 5 so that was the deciding category I won it by literally one tenth of a percentage point come for this also mark on like Tuesday was like hey man how's fantasy going and I was like oh no I hadn't really checked and then uh I checked and I was like oh you're you're beating me like you know 8 to 1 and he was like <laughs> Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted you to have to look. <laughs> I love it, dude. All right. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about James Booknight. So regardless of his off-the-court issues, Tim, um, which he had earlier in the season, so far this year, he is not really impressed. Um, and I'm pulling for him to to do better uh, and and to play better, but he's been getting like, I've been surprised Steve Clifford's given him like a solid 15 minutes a game. And um, he's, he's not been good so far this year on the court. He started out the year, like over 10, as we mentioned previously. And today, today he actually had like a decent game, made two threes in the third quarter and kind of kept us afloat there while the Kings were on a big run. But just like overall, his play style is like, off the dribble threes, but he's not hitting them at even like close to a good enough clip to to be doing that consistently. And I mean, we we talked about like who's gonna have their minutes go away once the starters get back. I think it's James Book Knight. I think it's Theo Maladon. Theo Maladon. My bad. Um, yes, we've been in a heated, angry discussion about <laughs> Book Knight and Maladon. Um, yeah, I just, um, I, I hope all the best for book night. I hope that he goes to another team and he's good, but, um, he, I, you know, I was trying to refer to him as Jamal Crawford the other day, but I called him Jordan Crawford from like the Washington Wizards fame. And then I was like, you know what, actually that's more accurate. And I just don't think that he can beat anyone off the dribble. And I think, he will have to shoot like 44% on like six threes a game 
for him to actually be good. I mean, his passing vision is terrible. I mean, he makes Malik Monk look like Magic Johnson. That is I mean, brutal. Yeah, I like I I liked where you were going. Uh, like about halfway through there, uh, I keep saying that he was Jordan Crawford and not Jamal Crawford. But so what we disagree on, Tim, I mean, we can get into the meat of it. Is that I said okay, but James Booknight's upside is still higher than Teo Maladon's upside, and you said <laughs> I actually disagree. So so let's let's uh. Let's get into I that. think okay, so I get into that. Um, the fact that we're having a discussion ends the discussion. Book night was the eleventh pick in the draft. Maldon is a cast off from, from another OKC team. Thunder. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The also, Thunder, also a high pick in the draft, though. He's like that. What, like the twenty third pick? I'll check. I'll check. Yeah. Hold on one second. Keep keep going. Yeah, I just think that uh, I would like for, I would like for Book Knight to be the next Jordan Poole or Anthony Simons or you know Benedict Matherin anything like that. But he does not have the size. He has again some of the worst court vision of all time. Not even like that we've seen during our time doing the podcast. Literally of all time. And, is, and you're you're being you're being savage right now. I I do agree with you. I do agree with you. I, of they, all again, time, though. Um. Yes, of all time. I mean, he's. I'm not saying Nick Richards would break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record, scoring record, if uh he would just look out for him. But it's like, I mean, he misses like three very easy passes per game. It's one of those things of like. You know, Mark, like we play 2K every night. And it's like, if I missed you on those passes the book night was missing, you would just be like, all right, man, I'm going to go to bed. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm in, I'm going to log off. And book night does it like every time. Okay. Um, so Teo Maladon was a very high pick in the draft, fourth pick overall in the second round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was All like, right. holy shit, how did I forget that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's from France. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm not gonna disagree that Theo Maladon has been better than James Spokenight so far for the Hornets, but we gotta get back to okay. this upside thing. Let's if James Booknight hits, okay. If he hits, and I think it's a small chance, but his athleticism, his dribbling, and what I think is a better three-point shot than Teo Maladon's hits. If it all starts clicking, I think he's a better player than Teo Maladon. It it Teo Maladon's peak. I don't see the same flashes from Teo that I do from Book Knight. Book Knight still scores every once in a while at like a very high level. You see like a play that's super impressive. I don't see those from Teo Maladon. That's my point. Um, do I think that'll happen based off the evidence so far? No, probably not. Um, and I think it's time that we just say that that draft was, I think was a disaster. Um, this yeah. this would be my comparison. It's a very niche thing. But uh, do you remember Terrence Jones? Yeah. So if there was a time where like Terrence Jones and PJ Tucker, you'd be like, well, man, Terrence Jones, his ceiling is so much higher. But I mean, realistically, what is Book Knight ever going to do? Hit, like in hit threes, and, hit threes. That's that's what he's gonna do. And but he off, off the dribble, want, he'll be able to hit threes too. I think. 
if he develops in the right way. He has not shown it yet, dude. He's not shown it yet. But I think I think he's, it's there somewhere. He's like 22, 23 years old. He's old. No, no. All right. All right. Well, he's not he's not old. Uh we can we can stop that he, saying that, but he has he's already had like knee injuries. That's why he fell in the draft. That's that's definitely true. We're not arguing about like where we think James Booknight is going, but I'm just saying that I I have more hope in his potential for the Hornets than Teo Maladon's. That's my that's my point. I think Teo Maladon at best is like a third string point guard. And I think at best Booknight is also like a you know he's the seventh man, sixth man. Is he not better than think... third string point guard? I think they're pretty equivalent. I mean, it's the same thing. Like Terrence Jones should have been way better than PJ Tucker, but like who, like who has more like actual like applicable skills? Taylor right. Maladon will just make the pass. I I sympathize with James Booknight because I have the thing where like I'm not a good catch and shoot shooter. Like I get the ball and like I have to dribble. To like That's hit the what, shot. He also has that. He can't he can't shoot off the catch right now. Yeah. So like I want him to do well. I'll have a wide open three, and it's like I have to dribble to the right. And right. then like boom, then I'll get it up. And Book Knight does the same thing. But the difference is You're I'm not very good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a carpenter and he's the eleventh pick in the draft. Right. Okay. Fair, yeah, fair enough. I mean Let's be clear. We both wish the very best for James Booknight. Like we watch him just pooling for him to do well, but we just have to be honest. We keep it real on this podcast. That's in our title um, of our description, brutally honest takes. And yeah, it's not gone well. It's time to probably say that draft was a disaster um, for the Hornets. But, but you know, I'm, I still am keeping like, I still am keeping like 20% hope alive is what I'll say on that. I'm I'm keeping like five percent hope alive, but also I could see him being like a better version of Jordan Crawford. You said Jordan Crawford again. Do you mean Jordan Clarkson? Oh, you did Jordan it again Clarkson. on accident. Oh my god, Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> yes, like they're all in there. Yes, it's like just empty bucket getters. But I do actually think the book night might have like a important piece on like a force eat i think he could be good okay cool uh yeah that i agree i agree with that um do you have anything else before we uh we shout out the supporters of the podcast um yeah do you have any uh movie wrecks no movie wrecks as of late i've been too busy playing 2k if anybody wants to play threes with us uh hit us up on social media <laughs> at Hornets podcast uh, also on Twitter at Hornets Podcast and Instagram, hit us up with uh, any questions you have. Um, and shout out to the supporters of the podcast: TC Cunningham, Isaac Black, Xavier Harvin, Dan Joseph, Brandon Garcia, and Austin Johnson. Any movie Rex from you, Tim? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go basic here. Uh, I watched Old School last night. Great, it was movie. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I love I love Luke Wilson, and I just feel like he should have been a bigger star. So that's why that's why you didn't want to play 2K last night. No, I just uh, I fell asleep at 7:30. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. 
Well, uh, it's been real, Tim. This was a good pod. Yeah, thank you. Oh, so let's let's get into it now. Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, let's just do it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so Mark and I, we love each other. We're, we, you know, at this point, I would say we've, uh, we're like have a brotherly relationship. Um, we had a little spat about something earlier, and I just do not handle that well. <laughs> and I was pretty much just like, all right, fuck you, man. Like, I'll fu- we'll fucking do it tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, like, what's the big deal? Blah. And Mark was like, hey, man, you might, you might want to calm down a little bit. And it was like, easy for you to say. And then like two minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm so sorry. I was like, yeah, that was totally my bad. But, yeah, uh, the point yeah. the point of this is that tip, I mean we've had we've had several disputes throughout the podcast, but I don't think anybody could tell throughout that whole podcast that we had an argument earlier because <laughs> uh we we uh we patched it up real quick. We were talking about how it was good that we both just voiced our frustrations. It's now one o'clock in the morning, and uh <laughs> like several hours later, we are still recording this podcast. So that is uh that's dedication for y'all. I hope y'all I hope y'all appreciate the product. We we love doing this, um, and not, nothing could stop us from doing it, Tim. Yeah, man. Honestly, I I genuinely appreciate the fact that uh, I think with you, I have the healthiest relationship in my life. Um, I mean, I guess you know I'm healthy healthier with my girlfriend, but it's like as far as like spats go, yeah, it's like we will have the spat and then we immediately kind of calm down and say, hey, hey, maybe we could have done that a different way. Yeah, it's just a. Yeah, I encourage nice. everybody, everybody to do that in their lives. I think it's a, I think it's a sign of growing up, Tim. This podcast, I mean, there have been a, several times where you know you just work together all the time and you get mad about stuff. And that's happened many <laughs> yeah. times. I mean, I don't want people to think it's happening all the time because it's not. But like once every three months, I'd say we have a pretty solid <laughs> disagreement, and then and then we get into it. But uh, like I said, dude, like like I'm I'm dedicated to doing the podcast and i mean we showed that tonight by by still getting on talking hornets we love doing this yeah. the yeah, thing man. is i was like you know man i hate mark's guts but like i gotta talk about nick richards <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a good end, uh note to end it on man uh it's been real tim all right be safe out there look at mark peace peace How does that how does that even work? <laughs> do we, so do we, we, do, say? we do rock, paper, scissor, shoot, and then we just say it out loud. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, rock. Rock. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Round two. <laughs>